Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm joined by my friend and my co-host, Alex. Only a couple days since our last episode. It's been very, well, actually, for us, it's been a couple days because we recorded on Sunday, and now it's Tuesday night. But for you, it's also a couple days. I don't know why that would have changed because episode released on Monday, episode released on Wednesday. And the really exciting thing that you probably saw in the title here I'm like forgetting that we put our interviews in titles because we haven't done an interview in so long, Alex, and how long I'm going to find that out right now is I want to scroll to the last time we did an interview. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe it might have been Trevor Sikama at the end of March for draft uh, draft stuff. I don't think we did an interview the entire summer, which normally... Yeah, that's yeah, pretty crazy. I think so. so. First interview in what six months already? Yeah. yeah, I think we're we're gonna try to pick it up, uh, you know, as the season goes along. Because I think we had a we had a really good chat. Well, oh, Josh is looking at me like, are you? Why are you saying that? Any expectations? Because I don't, I don't. I mean, we hope to if we have to. I just gotta look in in the in the study room here. We 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 hope to um, get it picking up. But with the college schedules, it might be a little tight. Like tonight, tonight was definitely a little tight, but we got it done. Um, but yeah, Alex, that's it. No, continue with your statement. I think that's a good thing to throw out there. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're try. Gonna, we're gonna try. I think that's the best best. We're gonna attempt. We're gonna try our best. But yeah, uh, I thought we had a really good conversation uh, today. So you know, hopefully, uh, we can have more people on it. Uh, you know, preview games, recap games, whatever it may be. So uh, overall, that that's all I'd say about that. But yeah, it's a short week here. Uh, Giants got a tough matchup, but. Uh, you know, maybe there's a chance is all I'm going to say. Maybe, yeah, just last, maybe. Last um, plug I'll, I'll say, I guess, or teaser, whatever, is that, yeah, definitely a nice chat with Rob Guerrero. We'll get to it in a little bit um, to give you a little, you know, heads up, and I'll say it again, but Gold Standard Network, everything you need for the 49ers, Fans First Sports Network, which is, you know, the company we're a part of, and I think it was probably one of the lead reasons why we were able to connect and talk to him. So uh, definitely check out Fans First Sports Network and check out uh, – gold standard network as well all right let's get into the news for the new york giants heading into this thursday night football matchup for the entire country to see nationally uh giants versus 49ers on monday saquon barkley's mri revealed that he has a sprained ankle and is listed as week to week on the giants injury report and that's how normally sprained ankles are when it comes to athletes uh, around every sport However, Brian Dable during Tuesday's press conference said, quote, he's a quick healer. I'm not ready to say he's in or out. And this is obviously in regards to Thursday Night Football. Alex also has a clip that I'll just play that it's it's that quote of Dable saying that. So you hear uh, directly from him as well. Let's roll that now. You uh, all went count on that, Dan. Not just yet. Okay, I mean, safe to say be out on Thursday night. Uh, I'm not saying that he's out yet. He's. He's a quick healer. Um, I'm not saying he's in, he's out. We're going to take it all the way up with him uh, to, to Thursday, but he feels a lot better today. Um, I just I just talked to him, so we'll see we'll see where we're at. Yeah, so Alex, I don't know why Saquon is playing this game on Thursday. I feel like just rest him, and then he gets even more time because the Giants don't play again until my – which, by the way, that's a whole other conversation. Two primetime games in two weeks. I don't know why the NFL decided to do that. The John, I'm not going to say that them wrongly, but having them play two times at night, uh, Thursday and then uh, playing the following week, 
who they play Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Um, I just don't just give Saquon the extra rest and and like I'm not saying like give up on this game. It's definitely I mean the Giants are still going to try their hardest. We know that, but I, I just I want to get your opinion on it too. Um, do you like I and I think it's not Dable. I think it's Saquon trying to push through as he's gone through so many injuries in his lower body throughout his NFL career. Um, if Saquon wants to go. Would you, as the head coach of the New York Giants, if you were in Brian Dable's shoes, would you give him the okay on on Thursday? Absolutely not, because to be completely honest, the Giants are not going to win this game with the run game anyway. Uh, Their defensive line is so incredibly strong. Uh, Yes, the, I guess, aura of Saquon Barkley and what he could possibly do or what he can possibly do or what he could do in the passing game uh, will be missed for sure, but I think... Uh, I talked about this a little bit briefly in the interview, but I think uh, the way the Giants are going to win this game and how they have to go about executing this is in the short and intermediate passing game, getting the ball out of Daniel Jones's hands quickly, uh, you know, letting those receivers work in space, uh, get a few extra yards after the catch, and I think that's going to be uh, you know how the Giants are going to be able to function in this game. They're not going to be able to you know pound the ball uh, against this 49ers. Uh, front seven who are just magnificent uh, at what they do and you know no one has really been able to run the ball uh, through them so far so I don't think the Giants are going to be able to do that with Saquon Barkley or without him yeah I mean it's it's a tough decision I think we'll have to just see how it goes throughout the next couple days but um, you just hope that Saquon Barkley quickly recovers and if Dable's saying that he's taking this very well and and kind of getting back to 100 percent way quicker than Giants fans and even himself as the head coach realize. And I think that's just the, the tenacity and work ethic of Saquon Barkley to just heal his body quickly. Um, but I agree with you. I don't think there's a reason to rush him back uh, as quick as possible. He's our greatest weapon, uh, and I'm so confident in saying that on offense. Um, and, and I think we're going to really need him. Next up on the list, Brian Dable also said during the press conference that Left tackle Andrew Thomas and outside linebacker Zizel Jalari will come down to the game, will come down to game time decisions. Both of those players have hamstring injuries. One extremely more important than the other, although we'd love Ojalari to be on that linebacker spot. Um on the or the on that edge spot, I should say. Andrew Thomas, please come back. Please. We really need you. Um, no, I'm not going to say in the second half, was it Azudu that was playing there that didn't hold the zone? Um, he did a good job. He, he yeah, was pretty decent, but obviously. he's still Andrew Thomas. And I would still like him back, especially against the 49ers. I mean, if Josh Dudu can hold this strong against the Arizona Cardinals, that's wonderful. But, uh, this isn't no Arizona Cardinals D line. And again, sorry, by the way, in the interview, uh, I had to do it. Um, Alex, I'll send it to you for the interview reports. I would just say on that real quick, ideally, Thomas comes back in. You can slide Azudu to left guard, uh, JMS at center. Uh, Marcus McKeith and I thought had a pretty decent game at right guard, and then obviously Evan Neal at right tackle. So I think that ideally is what the Giants are hoping uh, can happen here on Thursday. But like you said, I'll get into the injury report. Monday and Tuesday were the same statuses for all these players, so I'm just going to read it once, but just know it was the same for both. Uh, so Saquon Barkley with his ankle did not practice either day. Ben Bredesen did not practice uh, with the concussion. Mikey McFadden 
uh, had a neck injury. He was limited both days. Aziz with the hamstring was limited both days. Wandale with his knee uh, was limited both days. And then Andrew Thomas with the hamstring was limited both days. And then going to the 49ers uh, on Monday, Brandon Ayuk did not practice with that shoulder injury that he picked up against the Rams. And then on Tuesday, he was a limited participant. Um, and then Ambry Thomas, the cornerback, uh, was limited both days with a knee injury. Uh, and that's your injury reports here going in to Thursday Night Football. Uh, and now we go to our NFL picks heading into this game. I don't even know. Alex, you should have just kept rolling with it because you do the one o'clock anyway. Uh, and we'll start out with those one o'clock games that you... Well, how well, about last week? How well, about last week? Last week, what happened we last don't week? want to talk about it because you won again. So that's why I was just trying to go past it. But you went nine and six and I went in and seven. So a little bit better for me uh, than the week prior. But like I said, I still have to make up like, what, five, six games that I failed on in week one. Um, and having a similar record to you and still being worse by a game uh, is not helpful. The thing is, though, it's basically an identical week for both of us besides a couple teams, uh, but obviously we'll 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 let you know listening uh, what those games are, so you can go ahead and take over with that. All right. So starting on Sunday, uh, we have the Falcons and Lions. Uh, we both have the Lions, Chargers, Vikings. We both have the Chargers, Packers, Saints. We both have the Packers, Jaguars, Texans. We both have the Jags, Dolphins, Broncos. We both have the Dolphins, Browns, Titans. I'm going with the Browns. Josh is going with the Titans. Uh, Bills, Commanders, we both have the Bills. Ravens, Colts, we both have the Ravens. And Pats, Jets, we both have Patriots. I'll send it to you for the 4 o'clock window and prime time on Sunday and Monday. Yeah, so at 4 o'clock, we have the Panthers and the Seahawks going at it. Uh, between the both of us, we have the Seahawks winning that game. Next up is going to be the Chiefs versus the Bears. We both have the Chiefs winning that. Cowboys versus the Cardinals. So... We came back, scored 21 points to beat the Cardinals, 31-28. Now, the Cowboys beat us 40-0. I think you can calculate that. We have a Cowboys win. However, please shock the world, Cardinals. We would love for that to happen. Steelers, Raiders. Alex has the Steelers. I have the Raiders. And then Eagles versus Buccaneers. They're doing the doubleheader Monday Night Football. So this is one of the Monday Night games. We both have the Eagles winning that. And the second game is Rams versus Bengals. Alex has the Rams. I have the Bengals. And just a quick little rant on this. We don't like the Monday night slates. What's with the 7 o'clock and the 8 o'clock? Why are we expanding this? I, I, I understand. I remember they did. Didn't they do like a 7 o'clock and then a 10 o'clock game? Or am I crazy? I believe last or they year did, they did it. No, they, they didn't did this exact format, format on week one. And he did it 5 and 8. And I kind of like that. Even though 5 is really early, it was nice. I think they did that like week one or week and week two. Yeah, maybe. maybe yeah. Five, three, I mean, eight, three, I think those times are pretty interesting. Yeah. But seven and eight, you're cutting into one game right when it gets into like the second quarter or the or halftime. And then you have the other game in the corner of the screen of whatever game you're on telling you the score updates. Why would you want to know what the other score is at the other game if you're a fan of one of those teams? And then if you're trying to kind of watch both or have record one and then watch the other, or like, like why would you want to have that little notch in the corner the entire time. It's just annoying. So I didn't like that, and I, d I still don't like it, and I don't like that they're doing it another week. Um, well, we did our NFL picks, and we both saw that. We, we kind of cringed a little bit, so that's unfortunate, right? Right. Okay, so 
Thank you, Alex. <laughs> We're going to go on to our players to watch now. I will start off with mine. And uh, I know it's a little funny to say this, but if Saquon Barkley doesn't play, the Giants are going to run the ball a whole lot. But they're still going to have to run it so Daniel Jones doesn't pass every single play. And the top running back behind Barkley is the former 49er Matt Breida. So I want to see what he can bring to the table. You know, if it's three carries, if it's five carries, if it's 15 carries, can Matt Breida hold his own as a backup? He had to step in, if you remember, a little bit last season uh, when Saquon was injured, and he didn't do half bad. So I want to see uh, if he can continue with that uh, in this game, uh, if need be, if Saquon doesn't miraculously come back from an ankle sprain within three, uh, what would be like four days, five days. And then my other player is another running back. So I'm going back-to-back running backs for both teams. This one's a little bit of a more highly known name. Christian McCaffrey, it's an obvious pick. Um, Absolute stud. Number one running back in the NFL. All around, passing back, rushing back. Hot take, I think Bijan's better. I think Bijan's better. Have you? Did you see him this past weekend? Insane player. I think he's the best RB. You can't know. Personally. The man's been in the NFL for two games. No, I'm not. You can't just you can't just He's automatically insane, stick him in saying the top comment. I mean, you can I put him in the top three, maybe. Alan, I, know I don't Alan. care what you know and what you think and what you want and what you imagine in your brain. You can imagine whatever you want in your brain. I can imagine that Odell Beckham Jr. is still on the Giants years later, but no, he's not. Unfortunately, he's on the Ravens. Here's the deal. Bijan's played two games in the NFL. You can't just immediately put him as the best running back in the NFL. Maybe after a season, if he goes out and he has 30 touchdowns and 5,000 rushing yards. Like I, right. he, here's how I'd put it. Here's how I'd put it. If I was on, if I was doing a draft right now and I had my own team, and you asked me what running back I want on my team. That's great. Plays in the NFL. You can do that in, again, you could do that in your Madden franchise when you had the entire league doing a fantasy draft, but unfortunately in the NFL, they don't do that. So I really don't know what your <laughs> point is right now. You're, the first thing you said, all it says, I said think was I see potential. And then the second thing you said was if there was a draft right now, which just doesn't happen. So I'm just not think I don't think either of your points are valid, and I still believe you're not changing my opinion or like anyone ever that Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the NFL, which he is. Okay, so those are my two players to watch: both running backs for the Giants is Matt Breida for the 49ers, Christian McCaffrey, and also just one of the worst takes you might have ever heard in our podcast history. Which I guess you know he fits the description. It is the Giant Take podcast. We didn't make that the name of it for for a reason so you know we live up to our name i'm i'm so tempted to put up a twitter poll right now not that anyone would actually care but um what was i gonna say oh my players to watch all right here we go um so for the giants i'm actually it's it's a matchup i'm going with so i'm going to talk about them both at once uh i want to see jms and uh eric armstead eric armstead uh one of the most underrated one of the best defensive linemen uh in the nfl uh, going up against the rookie JMS, both of them kind of on the smaller side uh, for their position, so I think it's kind of an even matchup uh, in that regard. But I'm excited to see what they can do. Uh, JMS, I thought had a pretty decent game last game uh, against the Cardinals. Did some good things. Uh, I was looking at uh, some of the 
recap uh, stuff that Bobby Skinner was doing from Talking Giants, talking about JMS, going through some of his films. So um, overall, um, I am looking at his play positively so far. And then Armstead, like I mentioned, uh, just a baller on that defensive line. So I'm excited to see those two go at it. Uh, and those are my players to watch for both teams. And then my score prediction, I went a little bit better than Josh. Uh, I'm going with a 31-16 49ers victory. I think the Giants get a touchdown um, and three field goals, right? I think that works, right? Seven plus nine, 16. Yeah, I got one more touchdown uh, than Alex. 38-13, 49ers win. If it was 40 to nothing, Cowboys... And we're taught we're we're saying uh, week one, we're saying that the 49ers are a better team than they are and the best team in the NFC. And now I mean a worse game than than what Alex. Well, that's why I'm giving them 13 points, Alex. And that's why I'm not giving the 49ers 40. I'm giving them 38. You know, yeah, two points. Yeah, 60. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I'm giving them a little bit of credit, I guess. Uh, But listen. If the Giants want to prove us wrong, feel free to do that. I mean, hopefully Andrew Thomas is back. Apparently, Saquon has a chance of being back. Maybe Aziz is back as well. Daniel Jones shows out that arm a bit to Jalen Hyde again, and we get uh, Darren Waller beating Fred Warner over the top, and and we'll be fine. So you just got to hope for that. And um, anyway, we've been talking for long enough, and we still have more talking to do uh, with Rob Guerrera. So... Stay tuned for that interview. We're going to send it to that uh, right now. We are now back with a very special guest, a contributor for ESPN Radio and a host on the Gold Standard Network, which if you want anything 49ers, that's exactly where you have to go. It's Rob Guerrero. Rob, how's it going today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. And uh, like I said, just before we hopped on here, It'd be better that you give us all the 49ers insight heading into this Thursday night football game than us kind of going through our general NFL knowledge of the team. Uh, so I do want to start off with just talking about just a just a broad uh, talk of how the 49ers are doing this season. We're through two weeks of football uh, and and how what would be your your overall summary so far of how the season has been going? Well, can't have too many complaints when you're two and zero, right? But this yeah. team is on the second longest winning streak in the regular season that they have ever been on. It's now up to twelve straight games. I know they didn't look dominant in Week Two against the Rams, but to me that just showed, hey, Brock Purdy didn't throw a touchdown pass. Their defense was getting cooked in the first half. The Rams scored on all three of their possessions in the first half, and the 49ers still put up thirty points and would have won by two scores on the road if Sean McVay didn't kick a meaningless field goal on the last snap of the game. So, like I said, not too much to complain about right now. Yeah, I mean, you look at the 49ers, obviously you guys kind of have a, a really stacked team at the moment, at least from what everyone, uh, you know, is looking at from the outside. Uh, I think, you know, I, I'll just jump straight into it. You guys have a very, very strong defensive line. And I know for us Giants fans and, um, you know, viewers of the Giants, literally anyone who's watched a second of Giants football, our offensive line uh, is not very good at all. So I, I just wanted to bring it up here. What are your expectations here, you know, from a 49ers perspective, looking at all the players you got, you got Armstead uh, on the defensive line, you got Bosa, all, all those, you know, talented uh, defensive linemen going up against, you know, whether it's Evan Neal, who obviously is in his second year now, high, you know, high draft pick, but, uh, you know, has definitely struggled so far. Obviously, the three uh, first time starts uh, on the offensive line, I believe we had last week, Josh, against the Cardinals. So, 
how do you think that matchup's going to go? Uh, and and what do you expect from your perspective on the uh, from the 49ers? It's a really good thing Daniel Jones is mobile because I think your offensive line is going to get cooked on Thursday night. Now, it's possible that Daniel Jones just uses his legs and gains a bunch of yardage, and that's how the Giants move the ball. And the 49ers have had some difficulty against mobile quarterbacks. So to me, especially with Saquon Barkley probably not playing in the game, the path to victory for the Giants is Daniel Jones just going crazy with his legs, making a couple of big throws, and then hoping that the Giants' defense can hold the Niners under 30, which, like I said, really no one's been able to do since Brock Purdy became the starter. You led me into my next point. I wanted to ask about the second-year quarterback, Brock Purdy. We know about the whole thing with Trey Lance and how he was dealt earlier in the season, now has that backup role, and what is it, Dallas, I believe. Um, and then we also have Sam Darnold, I think, is, is the backup to Purdy. Not that that matters whatsoever at all. Uh, but I want to just get your perspective. Obviously, like you said, 2-0, and an offense that's thriving. What have you seen that you really liked out of Brock Purdy here in year two? The thing I like most about Brock is the guy just never panics ever. He's the most one of the most poised players I've ever seen, especially considering he's still just 23 years old. He still has, what, 10 starts now in his career, and he just looks like a veteran out there. He knows where to go with the ball. He has a plan for the blitz. And if something does break down, like the other day in Pittsburgh, again, Minka Fitzpatrick comes through untouched on a blitz, and Brock just spins out of it, and Minka Fitzpatrick doesn't even get a finger on him. So I just I love the poise from him. He never seems like the game is too big for him. And with all the weapons around him, every completion he makes has a chance to go for a 50-yard touchdown. Yeah, and you guys have so many weapons on offense, uh, whether it be Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, who I know us Giants fans in the offseason were kind of hoping maybe the 49ers are going to deal him. Uh, maybe they'll trade him to the Giants or something like that. Obviously, he stayed here. Uh, there in San Francisco. Obviously, George Kittle, one of the top tight ends, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, who I think uh, you know hasn't gotten a lot of uh, game time so far. They've been using McCaffrey pretty heavily, uh, which I thought has been interesting considering his, obviously, injury history. We're seeing what's happening with all these running backs that are getting used heavily, right? Saquon Barkley, 97% of the snaps against Arizona, and sure enough, he injures himself towards the end of the game. Nick Chubb, obviously, heavily used. He uh, had that very, you know, terrible injury uh you know obviously we you know it's going to be a, a rough road to recovery for him but hopefully uh he can get back and play in next season like what do you think about that like against the Giants for example would maybe using would you expect Elijah Mitchell to be used more often especially uh you know as we're kind of all thinking it's probably going to be a, a slight blowout to say it in the kindest words yeah, I think that you will see a lot of Elijah Mitchell in this one. McCaffrey played 100% of the snaps last week. Kyle Shanahan said he did not realize that was the case. He said, we can't do that. That's got to change. That's on me. So he put it on himself. And really, the Niners have been leaning on two guys this year, Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. They have 67% of the touches for the 49ers on the season has gone to one of those two guys. And last week, he was even more extreme. In the last 14 minutes of the game last week, every single offensive play for the Niners went to either McCaffrey or Debo Samuel. That is not a long-term uh, long formula for success. So hopefully, like <clears throat> for me anyway, hopefully the score and the game script warrants that they can get McCaffrey in there, get up a couple of touchdowns, and then rest him because he is the player that the whole 49ers offense orbits around. He has to stay healthy for this team 
and they're not going to keep him healthy if they keep giving him that many touches. So the sticky on the offensive side of the ball now and, and injuries and, and that sort of thing. We have Brandon IU kind of hopping uh, on the injury report heading into the practices this week. And it sucks that the game is Thursday night football for these guys who are heading into the week on the injury report early because if it's a game on Sunday, they have three, four, maybe extra days more of practice. But today, if I believe IU did not participate or at least was on the report in some case. Limited, I believe, right? Yes, Ayuk was limited. Uh, he landed awkwardly on his shoulder on his first catch of the game last week. Now, he stayed in the game, but he was in and out all the time. He clearly was was feeling the pain. Um, the Niners are giving the typical, like, well, I don't know. You know, we'll see if he plays. Uh, there was a report that he had a scan. He doesn't have a broken collarbone or anything like that, so that's good. So it seems to be a pain tolerance thing with him. But if I were Kyle Shanahan, I don't push it with Ayuk. He looked so good in week one. He can be a real difference maker for this offense. The 49ers have the Giants on Thursday and then the Cardinals the week after that. I'm taking it real slow with Brandon Ayuk. No disrespect to the Giants, but they've got that Cowboys game coming up in a few weeks in San Francisco on Sunday Night Football. With the way the Cowboys are rolling, that could be a very significant game when it comes to seeding in the NFC. So I'm not pushing Brandon Ayuk to play on a short week against the Giants when I know you're going to need him later in the year. Yeah, I mean, alluding off of what you're saying, Cowboys 49ers, at least after two weeks of this season, and seems to be what everyone will predict is that last NFC matchup in the playoffs, right? That championship game. And do you think that if it comes down to one team or the other, is, does the bias kick in there where you, where you say that you truly believe that your team is the top of the, of the NFC? Which honestly, you know, from an NFC East fan, I guess maybe my bias is here too, because why would I ever want to say the Cowboys is the best team in the NFC? I would say it is the 49ers all day, every day. Uh, but I want to get your perspective of it and someone who follows the team uh, you know, on a daily basis of, of what you think the 49ers are in comparison to the, to the NFC, to a team like the Cowboys and the NFL. What is the, what is the goal this year to, is to win it all? I would say in the NFC, the three teams I would go with, the Niners, the Cowboys, and the Eagles right now. Although I do think that the Cowboys are looking maybe a little better than they actually are considering they played the Giants and the Jets to open the year and Aaron Rodgers got hurt on the fourth play of the game. And oh, by the week, the Cowboys play the Cardinals this week. So we're going to have even more, you know, just glowing things to say about them. But I will say this, if it's Niners-Cowboys in the championship game this year, I would sign for that right now. Because I've seen the Niners and Cowboys play in the playoffs the last two years. And the last two years, the Niners kicked the tar out of them and sent them home. So you telling me I get that Cowboy team again? You got Dak Prescott coming in? Great. I'll take two more picks, Dak, and you can watch the rest of the playoffs from your couch. Yeah, I think people are really writing off the Eagles, too, so far. I know they've had a slow start to the season you could say right. even though they're what they're two and oh right so yeah whatever, whatever whatever you you the way people are talking about them you'd think they started one and one or oh and two um but the talent on that team is still very strong uh you know they have all those younger guys coming in yes they lost uh you know a couple of veteran pieces but you they're drafting really well those guys are going to develop throughout the season i think they're going to be a strong team as well and i think people are writing them off but yeah i think niners Eagles, Cowboys, um, and I think there's going to be a surprise team uh, this year. I don't know who it's going to be necessarily, um, but I do think uh, those three teams are going to be the strongest. But uh, I guess transitioning back to the game, 
Saquon Barkley, even though Dable said that he's like, you know, still has a chance, he's not going to rule him out, it would be crazy uh, to play him uh, in this game, uh, especially considering the Giants after Thursday night football don't play again until Monday night football the following week against the Seahawks. Uh, so it really wouldn't make sense uh, to play him on Thursday, but obviously keeping that option open, making the Niners game plan for him uh, is going to be important. But what do you think Saquon Barkley not playing brings uh, for the 49ers defense? What can they do differently, um, you know, to really just make this game, uh, you know, go down pretty easy for them on the defensive side of the ball? I think it simplifies things a lot because those are the two the two guys you're scared of on the Giants offense are Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones, and it's in that order. And now Saquon Barkley is not going to play, or if he plays, he's obviously going to be severely limited. Um, so it just makes things a lot more simple for you defensively. It's stop Daniel Jones' legs, make him throw from the pocket. I know Darren, Darren Waller's there, and he's a really good player, but guess what? We have Fred Warner in the middle of the field, and that dude erases tight ends for a living. I mean, he's fast enough to carry C.D. Lamb in the slot, so you know Darren Waller's not going to be able to get away from him. So you just feel that much more comfortable. And I know that you have uh, my old friend, Matt Breida, former 49er, backing up Saquon there. I like Breida. He's a good player. He's fast, but he ain't Saquon Barkley. So it just got a lot easier from a defensive perspective for San Francisco. They're hoping that defensive line can just pressure the hell out of Daniel Jones. And then that defense can feast and maybe get some turnovers, which is something that they've been able to do uh, this season and last season. They led the league or tied for the league lead in interceptions. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, I think for the Giants personally, um, the only way I think you can see winning this game or having a chance in this game is obviously having a reasonably solid run game uh, with Matt Breida or maybe rookie Eric Gray if he can put something together. But uh, I think the short passing game, the intermediate passing game, I don't think Daniel Jones uh, is going to have the time to take some of those deep shots we saw. Um, that he was able to get against the Cardinals uh, because, granted, their defensive line is really not super strong or at least nothing compared to the uh, 49ers. But, yeah, I think that's kind of the key here for the Giants from their perspective is, you know, can we get, you know, second and manageable, third and manageable, uh, and then, you know, you let Daniel Jones scramble, uh, get a short pass, dump offs kind of stuff uh, because I don't think he's going to have much time in the pocket. And um, the other injury, obviously, for us is Andrew Thomas. Uh, you know, the Pro Bowl left tackle. Um, he's been immense for us ever since, you know, last season, obviously. Uh, he's got that big money contract. He has that hamstring injury, uh, and I think that would be a big blow if he doesn't play as well. So him and Saquon Barkley uh, would really be compounded there. And then the one thing I wanted to also mention, uh, going back to the 49ers offense, the Giants are playing with two rookie corners on the outside. Uh, so what do you think? That, you know, brings uh, when when Shanahan's um, game planning, what do you think he looks at uh, when he's looking at De uh, Deontay Banks and uh, Trey Hawkins, both rookies, obviously Banks first rounder, but Hawkins a sixth rounder. And we have seen them both, uh, you know, be taken advantage of so far a little bit early in their NFL careers. Well, if there's a guy on your defense that can be taken advantage of, Kyle Shanahan will take advantage of him and he will do it over and over and over again. That is one thing that Kyle specializes at. He looks at the rules of your defense and how you play, and he finds ways to break them. And literally, they were playing against the Seahawks one time, and the Seahawks had to change their game plan in the middle of the game because they realized that Shanahan had cracked the code, and if they kept doing what they were doing, he was going to crush them. So if you have a weak link, Shanahan will find it. 
It's interesting though. I don't know necessarily that 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 because the corners are maybe a little inexperienced, that the Niners are going to go deep on them. Because the big story of the week for the Niners is that fact that Brock Purdy left at least 14 points on the board against the Rams. He missed guys that were wide open for touchdowns in that game deep. And, you know, so I, I don't know if Brock's going to be a little hesitant to pull the trigger or if maybe Kyle just says, you know what, we don't need to do that. We can find other ways to score. But in that case, it may not be deep that those corners get taken advantage of. It could be kind of a thing where they stack multiple receivers on one side of the field and kind of make the corner choose who to cover, and then Kyle goes to the other guy or something over the middle. But I, I'm interested to see if Brock actually chucks it deep this week because it was it was flat bad last week. Uh, just the last thing I have that I want to ask, and uh, it was a headline I saw today when researching about the game here on Tuesday night, was that, uh, the 49ers signed a veteran cornerback from the Cowboys coming off a torn Achilles, I believe. It was Anthony Brown. Will he have any uh, like starting role in this game on Thursday? Is he going to have like an influence on this defense, or is this just something to kind of add to the depth chart? Not in this game, because I think he's just joining the team late. Kyle Shanahan talked essentially uh, on Wednesday about how you're – trying to stuff 10 pounds of material in a five pound bag and so for him to just come in off the street you're not going to throw him to the wolves right away but I do think that that is an area of weakness for the 49ers defense their nickel cornerback situation is dicey to say the least Ambry Thomas was starting there he was not very good plus he's got a knee injury that he's dealing with he was limited in practice and then the backup is Isaiah Oliver who was one of their really kind of like headline free agent acquisitions their defensive coordinator said he was the best nickel corner on the market. Well, he's been brutal, and that's a vulnerable spot for the 49ers. So if you got somebody that you can stick in the slot and the nickel, you can have some success against this defense because that is one of the weak spots. So maybe the signing of Anthony Brown will eventually be something in terms of starting and maybe a change in the lineup, but not this week, this soon. The Gold Standard Network is on Twitter at GSN49ers, and Rob is on Twitter at StatsOnFire. Rob, we thank you so much for taking some time to spend with us to help preview this game on Thursday. We wish you the best of luck. I, I'm sure from what it no, seems you like. Don't. I, it, well, from what it seems like, you seem real nervous about this Giants team. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you, you you seem to have a, a tiny, just a little bit of confidence against our against our little Giants right now. Well, you know, there are windows with every team where you look at the team and you say, man, I think this team could be something special. The Niners have sort of been here for a couple years, so that's kind of where I'm feeling right now. I mean, it's definitely a Super Bowl or bust for the 49ers. I think the Giants are in, you know, a little bit of a different place in their window. Yeah. Right now, I think this year going in, it was, can we do better than making the divisional round or do better than not winning against any of our NFC East teams besides the Commanders once last year. Is that possible? And from week one, it just doesn't seem like we're on the... We're, we're miles, if not planets, away from someone like the Dallas Cowboys. Schedule is a lot tougher this year, to be fair, for the Giants, which I think is something yeah. that a lot of Giants fans aren't taking into account. We went from having one of the easiest schedules to one of the toughest schedules, so... Uh, I think it's it was, be a, it was a, a mix year. of I think two things. It was the lack of looking at the schedule from Giants fans, like oh we're gonna have like an easy way, and then I think it was the uh, everyone looking at the additions, like you mentioned, of Darren Waller and the the additions on defense. We added a linebacker and Bobby Okereke, getting Jalen Hyde in there. It's like oh my god, we got all these additions, yet they did nothing to the offensive line. So when the offensive line gets absolutely destroyed in Week One, everyone's like. 
what's going on? What's with it? It's like this was the same offensive line we had last year, and it was the same issues. And Danny Dimes, the reason he had so much credit last year for running around was because he had to run around because the offensive line gave him no time. But now all these people are like, huh, like, I didn't realize this. Like, no, you did. You just forgot about it because it's been a few months. But now it's back, and now you notice it. Because we, besides getting John Michael Schmitz in the draft, our new center, who, by the way, has to adjust because he's a rookie, it's, it's the same problems on our O-line. That's a big fix. But anyway, yeah, um, let's just say we, we've been looking forward to this game, but not in a positive way since since we saw that 40 nothing loss in week one. But regardless of what happens on the field, it is going to be a fantastic uniform matchup because the Niners are wearing the 94 throwbacks with the shadowed numbers and the Giants are wearing the white 80s throwbacks with the old all caps Giants on the helmet. That is going to be an all time uniform matchup. Yes. It'll be very glad glad you mentioned that. (laughs) Prime time. All of national television can watch us getting blown out again. It's going to be great. (laughs) Wonderful. Can't wait to go on Twitter during and after the game. Uh, Oh, well, I'm not going to tell you I'm wishing for anything else. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. Thanks, Rob. Thank you.